Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to the Patrick Lally Show on another grand and glorious day right here in the best little city in America, place we call Sioux Falls, South Dakota. On the day after the midterm election, we're going to spend a couple hours engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about nature and the outdoors, some sports. Uh, We've got a full day ahead of us, maybe a little music. Uber producer Dan Peters, my normal partner on this program, is not with us today. Of course, he is also the voice of your Sioux Falls Sky Force. And they have a contest tonight at the Sanford Pentagon against the Northern Arizona Suns. I think we decided yesterday they're called the Suns because they are the affiliate of the Phoenix Suns. Doesn't always work that way, but in this case it does. Uh, They're playing out at the Pentagon tonight. The tip-off is 6.30 p.m., and you can listen to that game right here on Information 1000 KSOO and catch all the play-by-play by by the fantastic Dan Peters. Uh, So, yeah, election. How about that, huh? That was something else. Glad that's behind us. In the end, not, uh, not not a ton of surprises, really, right? I mean, in the in the big in the macro picture, the big picture, not anything that we weren't didn't think was going to happen. I saw the press conference today with the president. That didn't go so good. Thought it was going to come to fisticuffs with Jim Acosta from CNN. It was, was, let's just call it uh, contentious, contentious. You know, he said he wants to work with the Democrats, you know, the ones uh, with the diminished IQs or whatever he said and and all the nasty things that he's got to say about those guys. Uh, A lot of close races out there. Uh, Ted Cruz down in Texas, of course, that was fun to watch. Um, Coming out ahead, I thought the president uh, probably has not done him any favors. (coughs) Lion Ted. Um, cause now every time you see him, you think Lion Ted, right? And then you're like, oh no, I like that guy. It's tough. It's tough. It, t- it takes a little shine off of poor Ted Cruz. Uh, Florida. Oh, what a mess. Florida's always a mess. So, but in the end, as you know, not telling anything you don't know, Democrats take back the house. That's going to create a lot of, uh, spectacle. There's going to be some spectacle involved. We'll find out if there's any real, uh, substance Coming out of that uh, and all the subpoenas that are sure to come. Jeff Sessions bailed. He's out. He's gone. Surprised it took this long. Attorney General Jeff Sessions resigned today. Bye-bye. So now the guy, his deputy, takes over, and he hasn't recused himself. So Trump today is like, I can shut it down. I can shut down the uh, the investigation, the uh, the special, the, 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 the Robert Mueller. I can shut it down. I can shut it down. Well, he, he's probably not going to shut it down, but I bet you that things are going to change over there. So maybe Mr. Mueller will be wrapping up, but we'll see what he's got, right? We'll see. Cards on the table time. Let's do it. Let's do this. What do we know? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's time. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. That's, but that's part of the fallout from the investigation or the uh, election. We had our big party down at Club David last night. Good crowd down there last night. We had a really good time. Uh, I came very close to winning the pool. Uh, Amendment W really, I I thought that was going to pass, and it it didn't, not by a long shot. (laughs) And uh, some of the other craziness did pass. Uh, So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I was, 
I was very, very uh, close to winning that pool. And, uh, you know, because, you know, some of it's not that tough. But I had I had five points on the spread on the governor's race that that was a tiebreaker. So if I'd have gotten into the tiebreaker, I'd have been close uh, because I said five and it was like three and a half. So I was I was right there. I was right there. I was in the ballpark. But Billy Sutton came out, you know, a little closer than I thought. And we'll, we're going to we're going to analyze those results here a little later in the show. But uh, in the end, um, status quo, pretty much. Well, I, you know, and again, I won't say it's status quo because I think that uh, Christy Nome actually is going to make more changes in peer than maybe people expect. Are they? Will there be good changes? Bad? Change? I have no idea. But I think that it she will start to bring in uh, some other people. Um. And that's a good thing. Uh, just on the face of it, there needs to be some new blood in Pierre and maybe some of those long-serving bureaucrats. However, you know, uh, uh, loyal and, and, and effective and, and efficient they've been, not, this is not a judgment on their job performance, some of them, but at the cabinet level and, and, and some of the higher, it, it's just time for maybe a change there, okay? Just a little bit of a, a turnover. That's, that should happen in state government. Not everybody, not the entire, you know, civil service, but people at the top on occasion should turn over. You know what I mean? You shouldn't get that comfortable uh, as a sort of, you know, cabinet member for hire. And so I, we'll see what she does, but I would expect some turnover. I, I think she has mentioned that in the past, and I expect her to submit that bill uh, on uh, uh, government transparency on the first day of the legislature, by the way, with the reporter shield law. Uh, I will be looking for that. Uh, uh, and But there's a lot of, you know, it was a good election. We got to air our grievances. And and now we move on. That's, that's the way. But I don't know what, I don't know what we're going to do on this show. <laughs> it's been a good run. It's been a good run. It's been a good run of uh, topics and, now we've got to find something else. And so we're starting on that path today. We've got a great show. Thea Miller Ryan is here from the outdoor campus. They got all kinds of cool stuff going on over there. That's good. Scott Hudson is our guest on Weird Friends. Uh, we might get into some politics there. I got to check Scott's temperature a little bit, but we'll probably talk about music as well. Jerry P., our good friend, Jerry P., our high school football analyst from ESPN 99.1, is going to be in and we're going to preview the big high school football championships. Uh, and, um, you know, let's get this out there. We're not talking, uh, we're talking about the ones that I care about, all right? Or the ones, uh, the, the games, they all start on Thursday, and we've got like 42 classes of football in South Dakota. I'm, I don't care about uh, nine-man. Don't care. Do not care. We are not talking about nine-man football on this show. We'll talk about 11-man football, and we will talk about 11-man football that involves teams in the metro area. <laughs> so, you know, you got your Sioux Falls, Washington, uh, your Sioux Falls, Brandon, your Sioux Falls, T, uh, your Sioux Falls, Dells Rapids. Uh, am I leaving somebody out of there? Oh, your Sioux Falls, Christian. Those teams are all playing, so we'll talk about their chances this week with Jerry P. from ESPN 99.1. And I'll have a PL statement just after the next break. Today's topic, 
What did that election mean anyway? We'll find out. That's all next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Sixteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and it is time of the day for the PNL statement, in which, and in the words of our good friends, the Bodines, we are going to try and get a little closer to free. And uh, today we'll be looking through the news, of course, at the election results and uh, trying to parse what the big lessons are, the big themes for uh, our nation, for our state, and our community. And uh, mostly for our state, because that's where the interesting stuff is. You know, on the national level, there was nothing that surprising. You know, Republicans are going to end up probably getting well with Tester one. They said Tester one in Montana today, so that's one they're not going to get. But, you know, they they pulled some seats back from the Democrats there. That was always thought to happen, going to happen because of the numbers, if nothing else. And, uh, you know, the House went for the Democrats, which is going to set up a lot of... uh, Oh, nastiness. Just nastiness. We saw some of that today. But we're going to turn our gaze back home to the state of South Dakota, where we had, of course, uh, several interesting... uh, I'm going to get to the governor's race here in a moment, but just going to sort of take a flash through here. Dusty won big. Nobody... That's a surprise nobody. Uh, Republicans won all the constitutional offices again. Secretary of State. Some guy named Steve Barnett's our Secretary of State. Uh... Uh, Jason Roundsburg is attorney general. And this one really does surprise me. Okay. I, I don't know Mr. Roundsburg personally. I've never met him, never talked to him until I think yesterday, today, I'd never heard his voice. Okay. Maybe somewhere, I suppose I, on public radio, maybe there we had a debate. And I think I heard a little bit about that, but you know, Randy Seiler is an excellent, excellent candidate. And the best attorney general candidate the Democrats have had in generations. And he got 45. (laughs) So that was just kind of surprising to me because I thought it would be closer. Uh, Rich Satgast, uh, he's been around forever. He's going to be the uh, he's going to be the auditor. Yeah, auditor. Josh, somebody named Josh Hader is going to be the treasurer. Somebody named uh, Ryan Bruner and his probably wearing a cowboy hat because he's going to be commissioner of school and public lands. PUC, Rusty, or Christy Feigen, Rusty, Rusty Feigen's an old friend of mine. Christy Feigen is going back. So, no, you know, there you go on that. The, the ballot initiatives, however, I got to tell you, this, some of this is just plain goofy. All right. Come on now. I, here's what I don't, some, all right. So W goes down. 55-45. All these are about 10 points. 55-45, 55-45, 55-45. There's a rare difference. But so W goes down, which was what I thought would happen with IM-22, all right? But when IM-22 passed, I'm like, what's going on here? I figured, eh, the legislature gutted it. This one was a tamer version. Still lost. It's just surprising to me. Uh, I should have gone my gut on that one. X. This is the uh, uh, increasing the number of votes needed to prove constitutional amendment. Bam. No, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, that, uh, despite all the 
uh, gnashing of teeth by legislative Republicans and those kinds of anti-freedom people. No, I didn't say that. Constitutional Amendment Z, uh, that's the uh, one subject. Uh, massive victory, 62. Uh, no, this is kind of goofy. It's goofy. It's just the uh, constitutional amendments, though. So, all right, that's fine. That's cool. Uh, initiated measure 24. Boom. All the way through uh, 56.44. This is the patently unconstitutional limit on out-of-state money, uh, out-of-state political committees and entities not filed with the Secretary of State to spend money in ballot questions. It's just it's unconstitutional. That's all there is to it. I, there's just no way around that. Uh, 25. 25, of course. The big tobacco tax that we've been discussing here. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to tell you one thing that I voted for. And it was I actually voted for this. So Speaker of the House, Mark Mickelson, who was on the program yesterday, we talked about it. We talked about it with uh, uh, a couple other people for, you know, both sides, tobacco tax. Ultimately, I came down on the fact that it was funding for the tax schools and they need it. And I voted for it. Uh, I was in the minority. <laughs> And and that lost fifty five forty five. But what that means is the the state of South Dakota needs to step up, figure out education funding across the board, figure out some way to do this. This hodgepodge quilt of education funding and systems is ridiculous. It's got to end. But it won't. It won't. Which brings us back to the governor's race. So let's first of all, you know, uh, kudos to Billy Sutton. Right. For having running uh, the best Democratic getting as close as as a Democrat has gotten to the governorship since uh, Herseth in the one of them Janklow races. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It was way back. Uh, and it was three and a half points, I believe, in the end. Consulting my handy sheet here. Three point three eight percent gap. Percentage points, not percent. Percentage points. Let's get that right, kids. Everybody gets that wrong. There's percents and percentage points, and there's a difference. We are talking here about percentage points. So let's let's look at a couple interesting things uh, in as you're looking at county by county results. Now, you people know my theory about where elections are won and lost in this state anymore, and it's in the the U of of suburban middle class working class households uh, in and around Sioux Falls including including the communities around us here, you know. And I haven't had a chance to go through precinct results yet. It takes a little more work, uh, and I, I don't know that I'm dedicated to that just yet. But at some point, I'll get to it. But uh, So you can look at the county by county, though, right? And everybody says, oh, look at Minnehaha County. And, and Billy Sutton did well in Minnehaha County. Darn uh, near 53% of the vote in Minnehaha County. That's pretty good because there's so many more people here. So that's any every every tenth of a percentage point is a big deal in a statewide election with only you know three hundred some thousand votes. So uh, this is interesting though. All right, before I get into two, I'll just say this. Let me look at some of the the strongholds of of, of Republicans. Of course, West River, Pennington County, Christy Nome, fifty five percent to forty three. You know, that's a pretty big gap. So I went through and just looked at the gaps, the calculation. I calculated the gaps. And, you know, she did the best in Campbell County. 
Okay, and obviously in some of these counties, there aren't eight people. You're talking about, you know, 1,000 votes. Campbell County, 75%. Douglas, 74 Harding, 73 Perkins, 70 Yada, yada, yada. You get up to like Mead, 62%. Uh, uh, Custer, 63 where the Buffalo Maiden uh, is, is resides. So a lot of those counties did very well, obviously. Uh, but Union County, 60% of the vote in Union County went to Christy Nome. Um, Turner County, it's in the Metro, and I'll talk about that in a minute, 58.75%. So, you know, she has she has support in different pockets of the state. Uh, uh, your Billy Sutton, for you Democrats out there, uh, Oglala, Lakota, and Todd counties, uh, Dewey, Buffalo, Zeebock, all reservation counties, she ranged from 90% of the vote uh, down to 70% of the vote he did, Billy Sutton. That's not surprising. Um, the first non-reservation county, uh, Clay County, 65%, home of the University of South Dakota and probably the most Democratic county in the state outside of reservation. Um, you know, uh, Day County, 55 for Billy. Roberts, 55. And those are some of those north, northeast counties. Um, Brookings, you know, 54, another university town. And then you get down to Minnehaha, 52. That's not all of them. I skipped some. Yankton County, 52. Charles Mix County, 52. Formerly, there's a lot of trust land there. Formerly a reservation county. Uh, Hughes, 51. Just about 52%. So, um, you know, she, he did win some counties that you wouldn't expect. Moody, Minor, um, Bonham, you probably, you know, Brown, you'd expect that. Lake, that's always, always kind of a toss-up. So you can see some pockets of, of support generally for Billy Sutton, which gets me back to my theory. So I just thought I wanted to look at the metro area, right? And and everybody, you know, he did well in Minnehaha County. 32,000 votes for Christy Nome, 37,000 for Billy. You know, that's that's a pretty good margin. Uh, you come out at uh, 45%, just roughly 46 to 53, throw in the 1% for the Kurt Evans campaign and the independent there, libertarian. Um, so that's a, that's, a, that's a gap, right? You know, seven points, that's pretty good. But you have to remember that Sioux Falls is not Minnehaha County. Right. And people make this mistake. It's not a mistake. People know it. But you you think Sioux Falls, you think Minnehaha County. But in fact, a substantial part of Sioux Falls is in Lincoln County. And in Lincoln County, Christy Nome got 53 percent of the vote and Sutton got 46 percent of the vote. So it's exactly flipped in Lincoln County. Now, there's fewer people, uh, only 12,000 for Christy, 11,000. But then you throw in Turner, you throw in McCook, which are part of the metro area. And if you throw in Union, which is hooked to, to Lincoln, it's evens out. And in fact, in the four county, throw Union back out of there. In the four county metro area, it was 48 to 50. Rounding gives you some issues there, right? Much closer. It's about down to uh, about 2,000 vote difference for Billy. And that is an advantage. And that is progress for a Democrat. But they left a lot of votes on the table. They left a lot of votes on the table because, in my mind, they did not go after two key issues with Christy Nome, And I just do not understand why. Someday somebody will explain it to me. Her inheritance tax myth and the devastating effect of the president's trade policies policies on South Dakota agriculture. 
Why do you leave that on the table? Why? I don't understand. Very strange to me. I kept wondering that all night. But there you go. And congratulations to our next governor, Christy Nome. Uh, it's, it's on her to govern, and we'll see where that goes. We don't really know what uh, her policies are going to be, where she's going to go, what direction. You know, generally we know, but running a state is a lot of details that don't have anything to do with the R behind your name. So that's where it gets interesting, and I very much look forward to seeing what she'll do. Coming up after the news and weather, we're going to chat with Scott Hudson on Weird Friends. Stick around. It's going to be fun. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Thirty-six on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and it's the replacements unsatisfied, which means we must, must have Scott Hudson on the line for Weird Friends. And Mr. Hudson, are you uh, unsatisfied after last night's uh, election results came rolling in, or are you good? What a perfect song for the day, right? Yeah, well, for a lot of people, yeah. Um, you know, it went as expected. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I know that there are, the, the, the people that are hardcore on each side, they think that their side has to win everything, and if they don't, there's a conspiracy why they didn't win. The reality is both sides got some gains. Both sides got some losses. Some people made history. Some people, unfortunately, may have repeated history. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I made a, a conscious effort last night. I kept my computer off. Mm-hmm. and I didn't tune into any cable networks. few times I picked up my iPad just to check results, but I am so tired of people pontificating and pontificating and pontificating. I didn't know that we had a nation of political scientists. I mean, I, <laughs> it, 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 you would think we'd be smarter about our, about our politics if that was the case, but yeah, I, I don't know. Some people need to get outside, and that's a weird thing for me to say because I rarely get outside <laughs> myself. But you open the world up from the inside somehow. You take the yeah, world into you. There, that's there, it. There we go. Yes, yeah. You accept the world yeah, I mean, into I your just, space. I just don't get the people that are posting stuff about this twenty-four-seven. I, I've never understood that. I, I mean, people, well, you're obsessed with the replacements. I don't post about the replacements 24-7. <laughs> Not even every day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but again, I mean, yes, it was, it was an interesting day. I, there are some people, I honestly, if Ted Cruz didn't have an R behind his name, mm-hmm. could he possibly get elected to anything? I don't think so. I mean, this, have you ever heard a person say, oh, that's Ted Cruz. What, what a, a leader. What a, what a great guy. What a visionary. No, I've never heard anybody say that. And in fact, yeah, but he's, you know, he's lying Ted for the rest of his life. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Our own president doesn't like him. <laughs> Until he needed he's him. Got, he's got the R behind his name. And so in, in a state that's very similar to South Dakota, he's going to win every time. And, you know, more power to him, more power to them. But 
I, I don't get it. And, and there, if, I mean, I could say the same thing about Pelosi in California. Don't, don't get on me that I'm being anti-Republican because I'm anti-both sides. <laughs> I hate everybody. No, exactly. And I believe that the Democrats need to boot Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, and I say help. this yep. because, and maybe they think, well, Nancy takes all the missiles for everybody else. And that's probably true. But it, it, it she has become such a uh, sort of icon for th- the things that people yes. hate about Democrats. Yes. And it's not yes. all Democrats, but when you're linked to Nancy Pelosi, you know, she is from San Francisco, then yeah, it's always going to be there. Those people. Those yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, and that, again, one of the things that bothers me the most about today's politics is when, when people, the pontificators, mm-hmm. when they talk about the other side, they always lump everybody in with the most extreme person of that group. Mm-hmm. So, like, every Trumpist is this, every so-called leftist is that, and come on. I mean, that's like saying every heavy, heavy metal listener is a Satanist. It's, it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Even, you know, there are Christian metal bands. They're not Satanists. Exactly. I mean, they're terrible, but yeah, they're not. I'm not going to buy their music. But the, uh, uh, <laughs> my apologies to the Christian music fans out there. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's any listening to this show. The, uh, uh, what was I going to say? The, the thing about, and in South Dakota, okay, so, you know, I, I, I know a lot of people. And, and I, I, so I talk to a lot of people from different persuasions. I know, I know a lot of liberals and, and, and last night they just, when they get, when, when they lose like this, when Billy and Billy Sutton's not a liberal, but when they, they had their like hope ripped off from their hands that they were, that the Democrats, that somebody other than a conservative was going to win the governorship, they get, they get really mad and they get really mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I mean, I said, I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, if Christy Nome didn't win, that meant that she ran the worst campaign in South Dakota history. Mm-hmm. And she pretty much did run the worst campaign in South Dakota history. And somehow, and, and, but because that party is so strong in this state, it didn't matter. She won. Mm-hmm. I knew she was going to win. It yeah. did not surprise me at all. Three points is three and a half points, pretty close. But uh, yeah, the fact is, close. it's still three and a half points. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's not one point, you know, and... Yeah. And it's not a win. And, and I've said this already today, and I said it yesterday. Christine O may have run the worst uh, campaign in the history of the state, but Billy Sutton, their campaign did not do everything right. Okay. And, right, well, yeah, yeah. And, and there's a couple of. One, yes. Saying a negative thing about one does not mean that everybody in B is, has been perfect. I, no, no. No, and my, right. my message to my liberal friends, or, or my moderate Democrat friends who are just so disappointed was. Why, why did he think that trying to be the nice guy and they were a little bit sharp here and there, but being the nice guy isn't going to get you, it's not going to win. No, 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 and, no, no, and, no they, right. and you don't even have to be mean. Talk about trade. Talk about the tariffs. Connector to the president. They never did any of that. They, right. they got connected to every liberal icon in the last half century. Oh, and, the most embarrassing and, commercial that I saw was the one that didn't talk anything at all about Sutton and his philosophies or anything else. It was just Hillary, Hillary, yeah. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Um, yeah, uh, the emails don't matter. It didn't matter in a governor race. No. You know? They don't matter. They don't matter. So, but you yeah. know what matters? Trade. 
international trade markets for ag products, the fact that we're hemorrhaging money because of the, the policies of the president that she stood on stage with. How, why was that so hard? I, th- yeah. Do th- and, and, and then you say that to your liberal friends, and then they just lose it, and they start talking about Christy Noem's hair. Yeah, well, um, she did look like she was asking for the manager. I mean, I gotta, I gotta admit. I mean, that was an easy joke that I just can't help but repeat. But um, yeah, I don't care about that stuff. I never have. I mean, it's but it's in, and if those kind of things were said about Kelly Sullivan, mm-hmm. you know, there would be all those those you know those mean conservatives making fun of somebody's look. Mm-hmm. We can't. You can't have it both ways. No, and I actually, the, the thing that I, I wasn't able to say earlier, uh, and I haven't talked about the legislature yet, and it's kind of interesting. You bring up Kelly Sullivan. Uh, Kelly Sullivan and Aaron Healy, um, and then, uh, uh, um, what's her name? She's running against Blake Kurd in the Senate. Livier. Yeah, I, yeah, I apologize yeah. I, I don't, But she's very close to defeating the Senate Majority Leader. Okay, those... Yeah, they, all three did really well, yep, but they and didn't the, win. Well, the two, the two did, in the Aaron Healy and, and Kelly Sullivan did win, and they are going to the legislature... Kelly Sullivan beat Rex Rolfing, okay? Thank God. <laughs> and a lot of people. But that's because those three women, now they're, they're uh, three women, three urban Democrats, three pretty liberal women, near as I can tell. I don't know that much about each one of them. I know Kelly a little bit. They worked really, really hard. And I could see that going yes. up to the, and that's why they won. Yeah. They didn't win because they, of they, the, they 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 won despite their party. <laughs> oh, I mean, they, absolutely! They won because they worked their butt off. I mean, they they really did. I've, um, and I'm I was in the the area for I was for both of them, and uh, uh, yeah, they both came to my house a couple times. I never opened the door, but they both came <laughs> to my house. <laughs> that's really funny, but that's the difference, right? Because. Meanwhile, the state Democrats who are who are, I mean, just completely hapless at this point, lost another Senate seat. They're down to five. Well, they yeah. you know if there's a recount, they could maybe get back up to six, right? But as it stands, yeah. they're sitting at five senators, and it's embarrassing because this should have been a perfect time for them to to come out strong. I mean, you've got you've got a lot of bad things happening in local and national politics mm-hmm. from that side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, I made fun a few weeks ago of uh, every day some, somebody calling the cops because uh, a mm-hmm. black person is doing something normal. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's become an everyday occurrence. I mean, that luckily it has not happened in South Dakota, but it's an example of the worst parts of that party have been emboldened to do terrible, terrible things. That's very true, and it's, you, you set a tone, and all those things are true. And the other th- good thing that happened, though, I will point this out, and, I, and I'm just going to say it. I voted for Michael Saba, uh, and he won. And I'm happy he won because the guy he beat over there in, uh, uh, who's, I believe, from Hartford, was the gentleman who said that um, any, any private business owner should be able to deny service to people of color. And that, that guy should have lost, and just because of yeah. that, because that was an ignorant statement. I won't call yes. him a racist. I just think he's yes. ignorant, and and so Sable won. So yeah, that's I, a good I, thing. The the danger when either party has complete control is 
they become so emboldened that they think they can say or do anything. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the liberal side has had that happen in the past, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And right now we're, we're in a time where I, you don't get in that much trouble if you say things like that. But you're, you're right. In that case, you know, thank God that loser's out. Oh, he could say whatever he wants. He's got the perfect right. But that doesn't mean people got to vote for him because he's just expressing right. his ignorance. Right. Um, we're gonna, can you got, you got, we got to talk about music before I let you go. Is that cool? Of course. All right. We're going to come right back and talk more with Scott Hudson and get Hudson's hot pick of the week on the Patrick Lally show information 1000 KSOO. Three fifty-one on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we are chatting here with Scott Hudson on Weird Friends. And uh, Scott, uh, I got I got two minutes because we spent so much time yammering about politicians. Hudson's hot pick of the week. Go. Uh, November's reissue month. Uh, the the last week, uh, Bob Dylan in the in the the series called the Genuine Bootlegs, or just called the Bootleg series, released. Various versions of outtakes from the great record "Blood on the Tracks" from Ooh. 1975. Uh, you can buy uh, a one disc set, or you can buy up to six discs that includes every take of every song that appeared on the album. Oh my god! <laughs> that, it's for completists. Yeah, no kidding. That's a lot. But people, I mean, bl- now in all fairness, "Blood on the Tracks" considered one of the greatest actual uh, albums. Yeah, oh yeah, time. yeah. Not just Dylan. Yeah, yeah. But Dylan fans are fanatics. Dylan fans do like to hear the stuff that didn't come out. Uh, and it is fascinating to listen to, more so than it probably would be to listen to, uh, I don't know, a so-and-so complete sessions thing, because Bob doesn't like to uh, to do overdubs and stuff. But Bob plays the song, with the, and the band has to learn it on the spot, and if he isn't happy after, like, five takes, they move on to something else. And so... That's why it works so well in these kind of box set things. Do you hear like the conversation? Like, what, they do a take and then do they comment on it, or is it is it sometimes, just a take? Yeah. Some, sometimes, you, especially if it breaks down in the middle, which just, which tends to happen. Yeah. There'll be like, you know you'll you'll hear the the conversation with the with the production people and yeah that stuff's fast. I I mean it, I've said this forever about what I watch on TV or what I, I mean movies and mm-hmm. and also music. I I. I'm entranced by the background stories. Yeah. You know, I, I want to know how something is created. Six CD set. You could like, you know, put that on in your CD changer in your car, you know, start and driving West, you know, and just yes. listen to Dylan and see how long it takes you before you absolutely do go insane. Listen to this. Well, I mean, there's that. <laughs> or the other thing is you drive until the six disc is done and then you have to like, do something yeah stop wherever you're at you stop right there and then you live that would be yes. starting over uh, based on a di- based oh, on God, a that's not a bad idea no, when, no. I, when i win that lottery that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> that's cool uh the 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 blood on the tracks reissue is out right yes it came out last week awesome it's actually called more blood more tracks well that makes sense Scott Hudson he is our uh, guest on Wednesdays on weird friends we talk about pop culture and music and Eh, politics, a little bit of everything. Scott, thanks a lot. Thank you. Coming up after the break, we're after the news and weather, we're going to chat with Thea Miller-Ryan from the Outdoor Campus, so stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, 
358 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Starting tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's Dakota Angler Ice Institute at the Sioux Falls Arena. Friday, 3 to 9, Saturday, 10 to 7, and Sunday from 10 to 3. See the latest and greatest on the ice fishing industry. Learn from the experts or how to use the equipment. Over 75 vendors, submissions 5 bucks. Coming up after the news and weather at the top of the hour, Thea Miller-Ryan from the Outdoor Campus. Then Jerry P. of ESPN 99.1. Stick around. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 406 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we're here with Thea Miller-Ryan from the Outdoor Campus. In fact, she is the executive director of the Outdoor Campus. One of my favorite places in all of Sioux Falls. Thea, thanks for coming in. Hey, you just get me today. Sorry, I didn't that's bring right. a guest. You always bring guests, but and, you know, and that's fine. I appreciate the guests, <laughs> but often I just, you know, I want to talk to you. Well, here I am. Well, that's perfect. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you run the outdoor campus, the, yep. one of the finest uh, uh, recreational facilities in Aww, all the city. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but you guys do more than that. I mean, it's not just like yeah. one big, it's not a pond in a forest and here you go. No, it's not just a nature center. What makes us different is that we teach outdoor skills education. So we teach things like hunting and fishing and axe throwing. Yeah, axe throwing. Those are some, <laughs> we do have some really unique stuff coming yeah, up. Yeah, and what was, what was the other one? It was like <laughs> aerial archery or some, remember oh, that? The flying discs. They, yeah. the, and then you shoot them out of the air with a bow and arrow. Right, and that is a blast. It's really fun. Um, the flu-flu arrows. Flu-flu, yes, yeah. you brought that. You yeah. brought, that was fun. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Warmer weather. That's um, right. So it's cold now. Yeah, we What love do you winter. do when it's cold? Oh, well, the best thing would be if it snowed. We love snow at the outdoor campus because we can. We have skis, we have snowshoes, and we never get to use them. <laughs> <laughs> we want to use them. I think... Um, I think everybody, uh, they're finding it difficult to have sympathy for you and your lack of use for your uh, snow equipment. But if it's snowing, you may as well make the best of it. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. So you should come out and we're going to have as much snowshoeing and cross-country skiing as we can this winter. Mm -hmm. And uh, knowing that we might not have a lot of snow because we read the Farmer's Almanac, right? (laughs) And it's not, are we supposed (laughs) to not get snow? (laughs) I I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just, you know, science, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You you just you just never know because it's El Nino, right. what one of those, mm-hmm. and it's the one with less snow. With less snow, right? So we planned a lot of cool things that are wintry, yeah. but they're not like knitting. You know, <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with knitting. No, no, quilting, <laughs> quilting, the, right? The, yeah, some of the domestic arts. Oh, yeah, is that right? Yeah, okay. we we do some kind of domestic things. That are coming up. Um, we're going to teach people how to be a beekeeper Vikings this winter. Vikings and beekeepers. Vikings and beekeepers. <laughs> I, that's, I haven't heard that. That's good. <laughs> that's from, uh, it's a Monty Python. Monty Python. Skit. I yep. was going to say it has yep. to be. Go, go, but you're, so you're doing beekeeping. Yep. That's beekeeping. awesome. People are into that. I know it. We also have um, a class called the rights, and I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. the rights of winter. So we have... Oh, um, like R-I-T-E-S. Isn't that right? It, it should be, yes. Yeah, okay. But it's actually a writing class. Oh! Yeah. So we're going to do some nature journaling and writing yeah. about the outdoors. Haiku. <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> haiku is fun. I love haiku. Yeah. It's, it's actually one of my favorite things. Because um, you can just sit and think. You can think about in haiku. syllables. I can't do it right now, of course. But. Oh, it, it's great. I, I love to haiku. And I have actually... I have a friend who uh, we only communicate in haiku. 
I know. That's weird, but it's true. Do you remember Steve Hoffman that ran the Washington yes. Pavilion? Yes. Yeah, he and I are still friends. He lives down in Kentucky now, yeah. and uh, we write each other back and forth in haiku. That's awesome. Was it 11911? What is it? What are the? 575. 575. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. 575. That's right. We'll see if we can't haiku by the end of the, do some radio haiku <laughs> yeah. by the end You'll of the show. You'll hear our fingers tapping on your yeah. counter here. <laughs> and then there were, no, that's not it. Okay. Refrigerator. That's always the good one. <laughs> Um, So we've got a bunch of other really cool classes coming up, like how to feed birds. And we have winter survival, which would be a good one. So we're going to take you outside and show you how to set up a shelter and a bunch of ways to build a fire, things like that. Igloo? You know, we don't do igloos here, but if we have enough snow, we do these things called quinzies. Have you ever seen one of those? Mm -mm. So Mark Reno, who yep. used to, yep, he, he's the one who taught us how to do those. But basically, you make a giant pile of snow, and you oh, make yeah. it really hard, and then you dig it out. Oh, sure. And what Mark taught us is that you put that pit by the front door. So igloos do do this, too. Mm-hmm. But you put this pit by the front door, and that catches the cold air. So I, I don't know. Yeah, science again. <laughs> so it'll be catching the cold air well, and when, keeping you warm inside. When Mark was here, when Mark Reno lived here, yeah. um, uh, he was teaching at Lincoln, right? And at the outdoor campus. And at the outdoor campus. Yeah. And he used to teach, like, I remember way back in the day, we did a big story at yep. the Argus Leader about Mark Greeno teaching people how to make these... Quinzies. Quinzies, and, but actual igloos. I think the... Right. At one point they made igloos, but it's the same concept. It is. It's it's really neat to see. Um, How big a pile of snow do you need to it's make a It's a big, big pile. And one year we didn't have much snow, so we called the city and said, hey, can you bring one of your <laughs> dump trucks over and dump it? And uh, it turned out that the dump truck that they dumped, it was a great big, awesome pile of snow, but it had a whole bunch of road salt in it. Oh. And so it was great for that winter because that froze like solid. You know, it was a super cave that lasted forever. But uh, in the summertime, the parks department wasn't very happy with us because <laughs> <laughs> there's killed this all the great snow, big grass. circle of dead grass. Yeah, oh, we called yeah. that the Greeno Memorial patch of <laughs> of grass. That's impressive. You just don't. You're like, oh, yeah. Salt. Oops. It's not our fault. Um, it's not. <laughs> uh, so you need a big pile. It's not like I mean, when we were kids. We yeah. would like dig into the side of the the mm-hmm. the the the, 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 the dra- well the the greater mound. Mm-hmm. Same concept. Same concept. Yeah. Only much more dangerous. <laughs> well, I, what what the kids do, I think, is more dangerous. Yes, they that's don't what know I mean. To, yeah, yeah. Oh this yeah, some kid out there digging, just get you know collapse on him. I mean, nobody ever see him again till spring. Isn't that the truth? That actually, I remember that happening. Oh that's yeah. At any rate, that's one of the things you got. Quincy's, you'll yep. be doing that. When's the survival? Well, we'll do skill? it if we the survival ones. Um, we've got one for women only. Women's survival is going to be February eighteenth, and uh, regular family outdoor winter survival is February sixteenth. So people can register for these classes starting next week Wednesday at oh, seven really? a.m. Yeah, and um, so you've got, but you've got an entire schedule of classes for the we do. the colder months. We do. We won't call it winter just yet. We're also bringing back Harvest South Dakota, and we're doing date night. So you and your um, significant other can come and learn about five things to do with Elk Burger. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that would make you happy. (laughs) What was it? What was it the last time? Was it? It was not Elk the last time, was it? Oh, I don't know. 
we cook everything. Oh, it, man, you do. You cook every, everything. Today, in the last two days, we have um, skinned four beavers. And we have a game, wild game cooking class coming up in uh, January. Tell me you're not eating the beaver. We are. We are. We're cooking it and eating it. We have some great recipes. And uh, today they brought us, uh, I know, I, I'm enjoying this. I can tell you're not, but. I'm just trying to keep from laughing. <laughs> I know. But today they so, brought us a 50-pound beaver. Oh, my God. That's a lot now of they, meat. Like the, the GF&P is trapping these things? Yeah. Yeah, their because depredation, they're, oh. they're cutting down. People people's. don't realize how many of these critters there are out there. There are a lot. Because you see, I, I've i seen them on Skunk Creek. I've seen them in the big suit. Yeah. They're they're you don't they're kind of timid and you don't see them a lot. But if you know what you're looking for. They wreak havoc. Yeah. Um there's sometimes when the city even has to take them out because mm-hmm. of what they're doing to the parks. And speaking of wreaking havoc, I, I took this picture on the way over here. Um, we had a brand new tree planted this this summer. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice tree right on the corner of one of our parking lots. And uh, two days ago, a big buck came and is in rut and completely destroyed the tree. Just stripped all the bark stripped off it? Stripped it. No, stripped the whole tree. What the like, heck? It's, just sh- it's hanging in shreds. People keep coming <laughs> in going, what is that? What sort of beast is shredding your... It's a deer. We're going to... Yeah. Bambi. Bambi. We're going to move a camera over there and see which one it is. Our game cam this week, our trail cam, caught this huge buck. We're calling him Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah. Well, I have seen some recently. Yeah. Off, uh, off Southeastern. Okay. Yep. And and not only are they big, I'm and because they're in the rut, as we like yes. to say, they're a little bit more distracted, uh, aggressive, maybe aggressive, just yes. not not as frightened, not aggressive, but just not as worried about what I'm doing. Absolutely not. Yeah. Does not care that I'm passing within five feet of them standing there next to the trail. Just no. What do you want? All they care is that Pump. they're looking for those does. That's right. And they're on the other side of the road and I'm in their way. That's what I'm, <laughs> That's my worry. It happens a lot. We're going to come right back and talk more with Thea Miller-Ryan from the outdoor campus about these classes. Uh, be, before we go, though, we should probably tell people where they can get the list just in case they're you know, getting sure. out of the car or whatever. Um, well, you can pick one up at our office or you can go to outdoorcampus.org and be sure you click on Sioux Falls and you'll be able to download a PDF of our brochures. Yeah, you don't don't click on that West River one, or you'll be like right. learning be how to rub else. two sticks together. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Four twenty on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we are talking with Thea Miller Ryan, who of course is the executive director of your outdoor campus, run by the South Dakota Game Fish and Parks Department wow, for, you're the, a great commercial. for the enjoyment <laughs> and recreation of our citizens. Of our state. Of our state. That's and right. uh, it is at 49th and Oxbow. Mm-hmm. And exactly. it's right by the Sanford Wellness Center, kind of mm-hmm. on the river. It's a lovely little spot. And you guys have uh, all kinds of classes that we've been talking about. You can get those at uh, outdoorcampus.org. That's correct. East River edition. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, and and you can go out there and they you can learn about all the different kind of animals you can eat. <laughs> that, apparently, that's um, primarily. So we talked earlier. People are actually eating um, beaver meat, and that's yeah. that seems disturbing to me. Here's okay, Thea. Okay, how's it taste? <laughs> it's a really soft meat, so it's kind of like um, kind of like. <laughs> 
You're gonna love this too. Kind of like, <laughs> kind of like cat. Oh, like mountain lion, not not kitty cat. Oh, okay. like mountain lion. It's a soft. Wait, meat, you've tender. eaten mountain lion? Yes, yes. You have to try it. I mean, but who's like, cooking all this stuff? Well, we have some really good people at our office who love to cook uh, wild game. That seems uh, yeah. So uh, you, let's go down the list. Here. Okay. Because I'm I'm remembering all kinds of things that you've eaten now. <laughs> Talk about my my food. <laughs> the various <laughs> the various strange you just animals. Have to eat it so you say you ca- you did you know. So we now know that <laughs> you, beaver you, beaver uh, mountain lion mountain lion. Uh, didn't we talk about squirrel? I I don't think I've eaten squirrel, but you can yeah. yeah. Uh, rabbits. Rabbit for sure yeah. What else? You've eaten all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> um, elk, um, yeah. um, bighorn sheep. That was really good. Really? Yep. What, was that m- kind of like uh, mutton? I mean, was it? Uh, it same? is kind of like mutton, actually. It's a, yeah, same texture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are okay. You know, elk, deer, antelope. Yeah, yeah elk. antelope's good. Elk is great. Elk's one of my favorites. It's very uh, 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 like rich. It is. Oh, it's just wonderful red meat. Yeah. Um, also, butterfly? <laughs> no, oh. I don't think I've ever eaten butterfly. Not on purpose, anyway. <laughs> no, but then we get into the birds. You know, there's pheasant and quail mm-hmm. and um, robins. <laughs> I've not eaten pigeon. A robin. Had, well, dove. <laughs> I've had dove. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I'm missing some. Oh, rattlesnake. Oh yeah, I've yeah. had rattlesnake, and which tastes, tastes a lot like chicken, right? Well, it tastes like a big strip of. Ba- beer batter is what it tastes like. <laughs> it's pretty much. Hardly, well, there's hardly any meat, so right. It's yeah. this little, little thing off the. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, of course, the testicles of various uh, bovine. Yeah, yeah. I I don't always love that, but yeah, I have. I was tricked at eating that one time. One time. One time. Did Never. it taste okay until you knew what it was, or? It tasted a little funny. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. Also, yeah. though, it was, you know, dipped in beer batter or whatever. Sure. It was on a ranch out by Kennebec. Yeah, that's exactly how I had it. The, it was a ranch out by Presho. Yeah. It all was, manner of weird stuff they were frying up. Yeah. Out on the prairie um, during branding season, you know, yes, you have those. that's exactly it. <laughs> exactly. Rocky Mountain oysters. Yep. And <laughs> it bothered me because I was I was present for the, for the disembowelment. Okay. Not, you know, for the, the, the removal. The clip. As part of the, the clip, as mm-hmm. part of the branding and all that. And so it, I saw, and then they were like, oh, I was not very old. Yeah. And they, you know, here, have this. And what is it? Ooh, cheese ball or something. I don't know what they said. Right. Yeah. Not, not cheese. Yeah. So yeah. So that was scarring. You shouldn't be tricked into trying food. No, no. I ate the, I ate the snake willingly. That's good. I don't remember what else they had. But so that's, so well, snakes, what else have you eaten? Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Oh my gosh. Game wise. Um, you know, I'm going to have to, oh, I have had turtle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a turtle fan. I'll say that right now. I am not a turtle fan. Um, snapping turtle, worst thing, worst meat I ever had. Well, that seems disgusting. Snapping turtles, I mean, maybe some turtles. Okay. Turtle soup and all. But a snapping turtle basically lives its entire life filtering out. Right. Bad river so, water. So before you harvest the turtle, you have to um, take it out of the river and um, keep it in some kind of water. And uh, it kind of washes itself out if you keep it the water clean. Um, and you let it live there for a while and then, then you harvest the animal. 
Oh my God. <laughs> you so, you probably have oh. <laughs> snapping turtles are mean too, and they're big. You probably have some really big snapping turtles out at the outdoor campus where you are executive director. <laughs> Thanks for you keep reminding me that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, we do. We have some that are probably as big as like a garbage can lid. They're they're huge and they scare people once in a while. Well, it's because they're mean. Well, yeah, people will come in and and they should scare them. I mean, they could bite their finger off. Um, but people will come in and say, "There's a giant snapping turtle on your trail, and I'm not going around it." So, I uh, I once saw a snapping turtle take a chunk out of a canoe oar. <gasps> no it's a true story. way! It had crawled up out of Cova Lake. Into uh, the, na- the 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 lawn of a neighbor, really? where I lived over by Terrace Park. Yeah, and uh, a neighbor guy was like prodding, yeah. it, and it took a chunk right off the end of the. Oh my gosh! I know. That's when I knew you don't mess with that turtle. <laughs> wow. Have you ever have you ever noticed the, one of the coolest things though about snapping turtles is like when they hatch, so oh, they lay their tiny. eggs yeah. like right along the bike trail mm-hmm. because it's gravelly. Mm-hmm. Because That's what the way they that, love, right on the trails. Yeah, and so like when they, I think it's in the spring, right? Mm-hmm. They you, they start, you'll see them digging holes in the side. Right. And then they lay the eggs in there, and then whatever, a few days later, the little teeny turtles come out. Yeah, it depends. I, I can't remember the gestation of a turtle, of a snapping turtle. I, what I just can't is remember. the gestation <laughs> of a snapping turtle? <laughs> Science. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Industry. But it's, um, um, it depends on the soil temperature, too, whether they hatch out male or female. There's Get so out! Many amazing things in nature, and you can learn them all over at the outdoor campus, where Thea Miller Ryan is the executive director, and they've got all kinds of classes coming up. We probably didn't even touch on half of them. Did we, we we didn't, but we talked about the really fun stuff. That's cool. <laughs> Eventually, next year, next summer, they'll have hatchet throwing again. And we will. It'll be, be back. It'll be back, and you can find out all the information you need there at outdoorcampus.org. Um, you can stop by a campus at 49th and Oxbow and just say howdy. Please do. That'd be awesome. Uh, Thea, thank you so much for being here today. You are welcome. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Coming up after the news and weather, we will chat with Jerry P. from ESPN 99.1, which is right across the hall, but I'm going to make him come over here. How about that? We're going to talk about high school football championships this week. Only Sioux Falls schools, though. Sioux Falls, Washington. Sioux Falls, Brandon. Sioux Falls, T. Sioux Falls, Dells. All those schools. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and it is the week of football championships in South Dakota high school sports, and uh, always a big, big week as we uh, count down to the finale on Saturday night, right, Saturday night? So we've got Jerry Pileschi from ESPN 99.1, who calls about 1,000 games a year for our sister station across the hall. And uh, Jerry, thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. So let's, uh, okay, I established a few ground rules, right? First of all, uh, there's seven classes of football, right? Correct. I don't care about nine-man. We're not going to talk about nine-man. Oh, good. I I didn't bring anything (laughs) for nine-man. I'm not planning on doing anything for nine-man. If you are a nine-man football fan, hey, all the power to you. Right, have fun. I don't cover it. No, it's it's a different style of a game. Yep. There's not many teams around this area in which nope. I have to go and seek out and really cover. No. Nope. All the best of luck to the nine man teams that are there. And now the six man teams, right? Is that next? That's year? next year. They're talking about it, but they still need to figure out 
at this point, how many of those teams actually want to participate in right. six-man football? Because I think what they're finding right now is that the teams that want to be in six-man football, they're actually West River. Mm-hmm. Most of the teams East River that are in that predicament would, either, would actually rather co-op with another school. Mm-hmm. The only ones that really don't want to do that, East River, are the ones that are still going around boasting about how much of a tradition their school has, being alone, and you can't put us with anybody else. It's just time to face the facts, man. You just got to co-op. You just got to put that aside. You can make a new tradition. You can build a new tradition. Like a team like Bridgewater Emory Ethan. Look at that. (laughs) This was a nine-man school. If you go way back in 1981, the little town of Bridgewater went to the state championship game, and Mm -hmm. they won in class in nine-man football. Mm -hmm. They did. Now... They are a powerhouse in Class 11B, mm-hmm. along with Emery and Ethan. And Emery Ethan, by the way, for many years was so good. Mm-hmm. They were so good. And now they all joined together. And now they're in their second consecutive championship game. They're going to play against Sioux Falls Christian. Playing real football. Playing re- 11-man football, yeah. So the that's uh, Sioux Falls Christian versus Bridgewater Emery Ethan, which Bridgewater Emory Ethan, which technically parts of which are in the metro area, I do not consider a Sioux Falls school. All the rest of these are Sioux Falls schools. It's and a little ways away. Yeah. little ways well, away. Well, Bridgewater, yeah. that's It's on the fringe, because Emory and Ethan, no. So, But uh, Bridgewater, Emory, Ethan, uh, Sioux Falls Christian, uh, 11MB, and Sioux Falls Christian has only had football for five, six years. It hasn't been long. No. And it was a program that when it got started, it really was on the down. It was kind yeah. of your expansion franchise. T area was kind of that way too. Yep. And they're in a championship game. We'll get to them. But both of those schools, it was very much the same. When they started their football programs, it took a long time yep. for them to get to where they are. And now Sioux Falls Christian has just turned into a powerhouse. And it's a small school. It's a small private school. And uh, so that when is that game? The game for 11B between Sioux Falls Christian, Bridgewater, Emory, Ethan is actually Friday. That is the 1 o'clock start. And, and that's a loose 1 o'clock because they play a 10 a.m. game. They're going to roll into it probably about 35, 40 minutes after the conclusion of the first game of the day. So just know that if you are planning on going down to Vermilion, mm-hmm. it could start right at 1. It might start at 1.30. The only games out of the state football championships that kind of have that little bit of flexibility with times are the 1 o'clock starts on Thursday and Friday. And, you know, because between games you have to bring uh – you know, all these people out on the field to do the trophy thing. And South Dakota High School Activities Association sometimes does not run as quickly as we would yeah, like. Sometimes it takes a little bit of little time. Bit. But it's fine. It's fine. You'll be okay. You got to name down the there. MVP. You get, yeah, you get down there, you get yourself a dome dog. It's all good. Uh, so that game, Sioux Falls Christian now, um, th- who's favorite here? What are we talking about? Who's going to win? It's an interesting matchup because these two teams have not played this season. The last time they played against each other was actually for the state title last year. Sioux Falls Christian ended up winning. Sioux Falls Christian went into the entire tournament, Patrick, as a four seed. Hmm. And when you take a look at the teams that they had to beat in order to get there, they had to beat Beersford, pull out a seven-point victory on the road. They hosted Winner, another good team, beat them by two to get their ticket to the tournament. actually the semifinal round against Canton. Oh. Canton was number one overall Canton undefeated. Had a very good Canton defeated Sioux Falls Christian earlier this mm-hmm. year. And Sioux Falls Christian ended up winning thirty eight to twenty. They jumped out fourteen nothing in a blink of an eye. That's the game where they, they scored a touchdown on the first drive. Onside kicked uh, immediately after that, scored another touchdown. Boom boom. And it very much so was like that. And if you look at Sioux Falls Christian to get to where they are right now in the Playoff games that they have played, they've outscored teams 80-54. to 54. 
on the other side for Bridgewater and Marathon, it's been a lot easier to get to where they're at. They came in as the number two seed overall uh, throughout all the seed points just behind Canton. They outscored teams 134 to 12. Think about that for a moment. One thirty-four to twelve. There wasn't much of games in those. You're no. talking forty-six nothing, forty-one to six. You're talking uh, fifty to nothing. It, it was just terrible. Oh. It was terrible for the teams that had to play against them. Yeah. So I think if if you were to kind of handicap it, put it, you know, going towards the dome of how that's going to play out, I think most people would lean and tell you that Bridgewater Emory Ethan is favored. I don't necessarily know if I buy that. I put it pretty much yeah. even 50-50. I think it could go either way. Sioux Falls Christian, they had the win last year. Mm-hmm. I could see the revenge fra- factor if you're Bridgewater Emory Ethan. But I like what they're doing over at Sioux Falls Christian. And they're Christian. playing well. Oh, they're, very well. As they say in the business, they're peaking at the right time. That is a very much of a big coach cliche, but yeah. it's true when you take That's a look right. at all of the numbers. And Parker Nelson is just a stud. So if if you need a reason to go down to the Dome or watch the game coming up on Friday, just remember the name Parker Nelson. And he is the quarterback? Running back running for back. Sioux Falls Christian. All right. We'll watch for him. Uh, which brings us to the other game, Sioux Falls T versus in the 11-man A. This is right, Sioux Falls T versus Sioux Falls Del Rapids. Pretty close. Yeah. Now, this is some, little, are, some are going to argue the Sioux Falls nature out of that. But but now I say this, and just like your, your uh, buddy over at ESPN 99.1, Jeff Turn, I got this from him. He calls it, he says Sioux Falls Harrisburg and the people in Harrisburg get so mad. But in fact, T is in Sioux Falls and I don't think Del Rapids school district. I don't think there's any overlap with the city of Sioux Falls, but everything else around here is. So we're going to call it Sioux Falls T and Sioux Falls Del Rapids. When is that game? This game coming up Thursday night. So tomorrow night at seven 30, this is one of those. I think a lot of people, Patrick would tell you they're not overly excited going into it. The reason being is that T area has dominated all the way through 61 to nothing is how they outscored every team to get to the championship round. On the other side for Del Rapids, they went on what I would call the redemption tour. That's that's <laughs> that's the way that I would put it for Del Rapids. It's actually quite amazing all things considered because Del Rapids during the course of the regular season Patrick when you take a look at their schedule, they lost to Dakota Valley. They lost 49 to 32. They lost to T area. Here we get the championship mm-hmm. rematch. When I tell you this, you're probably going to cringe. They played that game at home. Del Rapids did and lost fifty six to six. In the last week of the regular season, yes. Del Rapids played Madison at home mm-hmm. and lost twenty eight to seven. Why is it the redemption tour? They opened up having to go to Madison in the quarterfinal round. They yep. won by one, 14-13. <laughs> they then had to go to North Sioux City to play Dakota Valley. They yeah. won by three, 25-22. Oh, my God. So now they're going to face T-Area, the team that beat them 56-6 earlier this season. They're on the Cinderella run. It is a perfect story if you're it's Del Rapids. You're the seven seed going in. You have nothing to lose. You punched your ticket to the dome, and now you have the one other team that that really gave it to you during the regular season in front of you in T area. It's going to be a fun game. I, I think between the two, the redemption story alone, I think is is the big pull. And of course, for T, they're looking for their first state championship. Mm-hmm. You're you're they talking about a, a team. Di- they weren't even a school district until uh, ten years ago. Yeah, and then that's the biggest thing. I remember the the joke back in like 2012 when we were ranking teams in the South Dakota media polls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is when we finally ranked them, everyone's like. 
whoa, where did T come from? All of a sudden. And, and that's all of a sudden now here they are, and they have the opportunity uh, to go in and, and get their first championship. 61 nothing. they outscored the teams to get there. Del Rapids, 39-35. to So very close for Del yeah. Rapids. It's, it's going to be interesting. You throw out the records when you go to the dome. That's right. That's right. If you and, pull the old coach cliche. And, <laughs> and Sioux Falls T, uh, you, you know, if they were to win – uh, Sioux Falls Christian. We'll get to the rest of it. Could be just big sweep for the Sioux Falls school. So we'll be right back. We're going to talk about the big schools here in a minute with Jerry P from ESPN 99.1, who is uh, going to be uh, calling some games for you down in Vermilion this week. So pay attention to that. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. The clouds will blow away. 448 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and uh, we're talking about high school football championships with Jerry Pileschi from ESPN 99.1, who will be calling the 11 AAA championship contest between Sioux Falls, Washington, and Sioux Falls, Brandon, at uh, on Saturday night? Saturday night, yep. 730. It's a doubleheader day in Vermilion, Patrick. Oh, what could be better you than that? You can't beat this. You go down to Vermilion on Saturday. You watch the USD Coyotes take on Western Illinois at 1 o'clock. Nice. I know the Coyotes are not very good this year. That's I know that. Hurts. I'm a season ticket holder. I, I've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> but you could go down there. You yeah. could watch the USD game at 1. Mm-hmm. It gets over. You could find yourself a nice dinner in Vermilion. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of places around there, local places too. Yep. And then at night you can go watch the Class 11 AAA football game, and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Sioux Falls, Washington, led by Tupac. Uh, what's his last name? Capea. Capea. I don't want to screw it up. Tupac Capea, and uh, he is uh, a wrecking ball, right? All-time leader for 11-man football in rushing yards in the state of South Dakota, rushing touchdowns, pretty much all-purpose yards, points scored is the next hurdle in front. I think he just needs a couple touchdowns. He's... He's the he's greatest. Gonna go down as the greatest running back that's played for 11-man football in South Dakota. Um, there have been some really good running backs uh, in nine-man, too. Uh, Josh Rannick, didn't he play? Or Josh, uh, what's his last name? Went to state, so I didn't pay any attention to him. But he came from, like, Bonham or something. Uh, but Tupac, just amazing story. We've talked about it before. Whether or not Washington wins that game against Sioux Falls Brandon is all about him, right? I think a lot lies on him. I would actually bet that he probably goes close to maybe 200 yards. Uh, but Brandon Valley, I will give them credit on this. It would not surprise me if Tupac ran for 200. It would also not surprise me if Tupac doesn't even hit 100. If you want the bold prediction, mm-hmm. the bold status, Brandon Valley, the last two times they have played against Washington, they have lost, but they have held Tupac Capella to under 100 yards rushing. They're a good defensive football club. We they, know that. They are good for Brandon, and this is a deal for Brandon Valley going into the year. Not a lot of people were talking about them, and I specifically said on the air, I think I even did it with you, that if Brandon Valley made it to the championship game at the Dakota Dome at the end of the year, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised because this team, when you take a look up and down the roster, Thomas Skolton playing very well at the quarterback positions, Jesse Steffel really running the football. They have kids that are coming up out of the, out of nowhere that are also running the ball, Tate Johnson being one. Carter Altoff on the outside, a six foot five beast of a wide receiver. Go over the top with him, and they, they've got him. They have talent on the offensive side. On the defensive side, you're looking at guys like Andrew Hansen. You're looking at guys up in the defensive line like Sam Kroenke. 
they are strong. Mm-hmm. They are strong across the board. They force a lot of turnovers. They forced five turnovers against O'Gorman. Well, they got well five think turnovers. about it in that sense. That's a lot. Brandon Valley is the only team this season to beat O'Gorman. Mm-hmm. And not only did they do it once, they did it twice. Yeah. And they did it once on their field. In impressive fashion. And then the following, or two weeks later, semifinal round, I think most people were looking at that and saying, okay, O'Gorman let one go at mm-hmm. Brandon. They're probably going to get their feet back underneath them. They're going to go over the top, and O'Gorman's going to get to the championship game. Not so fast as Lee Corso would say, because Brandon Valley, within a blink of an eye, was up fourteen to nothing, mm-hmm. and they never looked back. No, it wasn't even close. It wasn't. It was twenty nine fifteen. Kind of sad for my nights, but they uh, and you know that O'Gorman Washington final would have been kind of magical, but that's okay. This is a good, oh, this, this is, is magical. A, this though. is a pretty great game. You have a three four matchup in the championship round. Yeah. And you have arguably what I would what I would argue is the two best teams this time of year. We've talked about the Roosevelt Rough Riders a couple weeks ago and yep. how much of their season was on a roller coaster. Yep. O'Gorman ran into basically their Achilles heel in Brandon Valley. Yeah. And they, Washington started so slow. Right. Washington started slow, but they had a young team. Yeah. They have they have a freshman left tackle. That's a freshman left tackle protecting the blind side of Jaden Johansson, one and, of the best quarterbacks in this city. And that's a, a hole uh, created by the departure of one of the greatest linemen ever in the in the state of South Dakota. This was right? like the first time in six years or something, maybe even eight years, that there wasn't a Farniak on the offensive yeah. line. But the thing is, is Matt played left tackle. Will, who just graduated, actually played center. In Got Chad it. Statham's offense, it's actually unique in the sense that Usually, you see coaches want to turn around and they want to put their left tackle as their prime offensive player. Yep. In his offense, it's the center. He moved Carson Wilson to Got center it. this season. He's going to Augustana. Jaden Johansson, the quarterback, by the way, for Washington, just got an offer at North Dakota State. Oh, his season really? is really paying off. He was getting yes. just Division two looks across the board. But Nobody from D1 was looking. Guess who comes calling? North Dakota State. That's and I good. tell you what, if he signs with North Dakota State, yep. he's going to be fantastic. Mark my words. You that heard it kid here. has so much talent. And he was a little bit overshadowed by Tupac, but those two guys together turned into a pretty part. They could now have four state titles in a row. This is not in any way, shape, or form as a disrespect to Brady Dan and bring out Roosevelt because he's getting a lot of looks too. Mm-hmm. I take Jaden Johansson. Ooh. There you have it. There you have it. SmackDown. We didn't even talk about the JV game, uh, which is uh, we got two seconds. Huron and uh, uh, some other. Oh, double A. Pure double A. The yeah, JV the, game. The ESD title. When is, when is the ESD title game? Uh, that's taking place on Friday night okay. at seven thirty. Just, just in case somebody is out there that wants to actually watch the JV game. Yeah, the ESD championship game between the two. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Yeah, Pure's been the most consistent team out of love and double yeah. A this season. Pure's winning, and that'll be a repeat for them, right? Didn't they win last year? Yes. I don't remember. We, nobody cares. Saturday night's the big show. Sioux Falls, Washington versus Sioux Falls, Brandon. Listen to it on ESPN 99.1, or you can watch it on South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Jerry P., thank you, sir, and have fun down there. Hey, thank you. We'll Hopefully, be right- hoping you stay away from the snow. <laughs> we'll be right back uh, to tell you what's coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO coming up tomorrow on the Big Show. Libby Screen of the ACLU of South Dakota will be here. We'll talk about the election and looking forward to the legislative session. The Smart Cyclist is our weird friend of the day. We're gonna have a good time. Three to five on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO.